Well, greetings in the Master's name. For opening passage this morning, let's turn to Philippians 2. No, the suitcase clinics, that's what that thing's called. It's under JMU. And the lady there is extremely, uh, goes out of her way to help needy people. Uh, Terry is her name. Okay, Philippians 2, 1 to 8. Very familiar passage. We'll start with this and turn to some other verses. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercies, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now let's turn to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 5. Verse 21. Isaiah 5, 21. Woe unto them that are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Now Isaiah 57, 15. Isaiah fifty seven fifteen. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy, I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit, to revive the spirit of the humble, and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. And next, let's go to Micah 6, 8. Micah 6, 8. He has showed thee, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of thee but to do justly? and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with thy God. Now let's go to the New Testament, Luke 22. Luke 22, 26, and 27.
but ye shall not be so. But he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he that is chief as he that doth serve. For whether is greater, he that setteth it meat, or he that serveth, is not he that setteth it meat? But I am among you as he that serveth. My sister recently told me, my sister in Georgia, Hilda, that uh, I would enjoy reading some of uh, Katrina Hoover Lee's blog. Katrina Hoover wrote several books for CAM. The, la the latest one was Captain Garrison, I think. And so I'm not a blog reader, but I looked it up. And the ones in June, no, July, uh, she's talking a little bit about relating to some of the people there. They live in evidently one of the more seedy parts of Elkhart attempting to minister to their surroundings and their neighbors. And so uh, I think I'm among you as he that service. You start to get a picture of that when you read some of the interactions she's had. So you might want to look it up. It's called 500 Words. Her blog is called 500 Words. There were about three of them, particularly in July. Okay, let's go to Romans. Romans chapter 11. Uh, Romans chapter 11, um, talking about the remnant of Israel, the salvation of the Gentiles. You have, you have Israel, you have the Gentiles, you have Jews, heathen, you have people of God and the outsiders. Verse 20. Well, because of unbelief, they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. Be not high-minded, but fear. And that's talking to the outsiders, the heathen, the Gentiles. Which is us. Verse 25. For I would not, brethren, that ye should be ignorant of this mystery lest ye should be wise in your own conceits, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. Now verse, chapter 12, verse 3. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. And verse 16. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. Be not wise in your own conceits. In that verse, that phrase, condescend to men of low estate, uh, you got to watch that. Condescend. It's like, I'm up here and they're down here, but, you know, I'm going to get down to their level. A little bit, I thought about something. I think it was a talk by Rabbi Zachariah one time, and I can't get the context. But he was saying, when we help other people, we often come across as benefactors. You know, they're, they're the pitiful ones that we're helping. We're, we're the people that's got it together, but, the, you know. And he said, you don't, you, you, 
you have to work against that. You don't come across as a benefactor that they're the poor people you're helping, you know, and you're the ones up here. Uh, I, I can't explain it as good as he did, but uh, it stuck with me. Now, this verse, I, I want, I'm going to read it in a couple other renderings. Uh, New King James says, Be of the same mind one toward another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Another translation says, Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be conceited. The Bible in basic English said it this way, Be in harmony with one another. Do not have a high opinion of yourselves, but be in agreement with common people. Do not give yourselves an air of wisdom. Now, I'd like, I have three verses I'd like uh, for uh, di different ones of you to take. Uh, Genesis 32.10. Okay, I just want the first four words of that verse. Matthew 8.8. 8. Okay, Matthew 8, 8, I just want the first 10 words of that verse. And John 1, 27. Okay, and you can figure out which four words I want in that verse. Okay, Genesis 32, 10, the first four words. Okay, Matthew 8, 8, the first 10 words. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy. Okay, John 1, 27. You figured out the four words I want? I am not worthy. Okay, thank you. Any suggestions for a title for this message? Okay, that's... Uh, that's uh, uh, a very good uh, follow-up there to the last verses. Anything else come to your mind? That's very fitting with the verses we read. Anybody else? A servant. A servant. Okay. Well, all my years of preaching and thinking about messages and titles, I never imagined I would preach one with this title. And the title is Arrogant Mennonites. And the way it came, Things kind of coalesce, come together. I was in a meeting several weeks ago, and uh, we weren't particularly talking theology. Actually, it was a meeting talking about laying a foundation for science curriculum, and they were talking about one of my phrases, epistemological humility. But anyway, it went kind of humility, and and one of the one of the brothers there mentioned this. I guess just kind of as a side note to what we were discussing. Their church, I think it's a pilgrim church, 
they have a church in New York City and uh, he must have been visiting the church and and I, this was a New Yorker I take it at least I don't know if he was a member or if he was just somebody that attended or a visitor or what um, but uh, in observing some of the young people and this is no slam I, I hope you can understand this is no slam at all that I'm trying to make but he just said, and I don't think it was bitter, I don't think it was a negative attitude at all. He just said, they're so arrogant. And then the brother was sharing in the meeting, said it's kind of like, you know, we look at people like those gays, those druggies, those evolutionists, those atheists. Those people of other religions, how can they be so dumb? How can they be so stupid? That's arrogance. And somebody went on to mention that someone had shared with him that if we can make fun of another religion, we don't understand it. Because all religions are seeking for answers. I thought about an acquaintance in college he was studying world religions, he was a Christian. And he said what he saw when he studied other religions was that they're all looking for the answer to the sin problem and only Christianity has the answer. Now that shouldn't make us arrogant, but uh, that, that, was, that was a good statement that that brother shared. Uh, if we can make fun of another religion, we don't understand it. Then the next thing, that the next thing that these things kind of piled up on me you see and brought me to this point an Iraqi man young man in the Middle East became a Christian through the influence and testimony of conservative Anabaptists in the refugee camps there. So he's a MBB, Muslim background believer. He married a conservative Anabaptist and, uh, and is now living in Ohio. A very intelligent fellow, works for Amazon. A friend shared with me a 12-minute voicemail message that he had sent to her because of their family's connections with him. And in this 12-minute voicemail message, he was, I don't know if distraught is the word, but he was troubled. He said, you know, the people, us as a people, the people, I guess, that witnessed him in the Middle East and so on and all the political stuff, we are non-political. Our kingdom is not of this world. He said, how come the Mennonites that he's around, how can they defend Trump and stand up for Trump and his policies? Now, we're non-political. I'm not trying to bash Trump. But he said his co-workers... Um, his co-workers at Amazon, they're amoral. Uh, 
But he said, they say, we're sorry for what Trump has done in the Middle East. Well, it wouldn't be just Trump. It'd be what America's done in the Middle East. So he could not understand that. He could not understand the attitudes of the conservative Mennonites he's around. And he went on to say that you all objectify your women. He said, the people that I work with at Amazon don't even... They, they, they treat their sisters, not sit there, they treat the women they work with with more respect than y'all treat your women. So I don't know what he's observed in his setting, but it made me think that something that stuck in my mind for many years ago when I was, okay, after church, a few of you would maybe remember how the older churches were, like the Pike Church, the Bank Church, a little bit more like the old old churches in our architecture, the way they were built. But anyway, uh, I remember after church one evening at the Pike, and the the girls, the young ladies, would be gathered in a crowd on one side, behind, at the back of the outside of the church, and the young men on another side. It's just kind of the way it was, and I was kind of standing at the edge of the crowd. I was one of the younger boys at that point. Some of the older boys, still in their teens, they were discussing the girls, kind of like judging cattle. If you know how FFA judges cattle, you know you, it's all about form and feature. So I don't know if that's kind of what he observed or not, but uh, he said, these people that claim to have the Holy Spirit, if there's no fruit of the Spirit, does the Holy Spirit even exist? Because you see, for a Muslim, the Trinity is a big hurdle. So he said, they claim to have the Holy Spirit, but they don't have the fruit of the Spirit. So maybe there is no Holy Spirit. So he's struggling. And then Katrina, Katrina Hoover, um, in her blogs and in how to relate to the people around her and the demands they make on her, the very irrational demands and so on, the untruthfulness in their demands and all this. And you know, we can look at people like that as just a bunch of losers. How do we relate to them? Read some of her blogs. I have a friend that uh, grew up on the West Coast. I don't remember if it was in a religious setting or not, but um, I don't know if it was in college or exactly where he ran across conservative Anabaptists. But he, uh, he and his wife joined conservative Anabaptist church, moved east, part of a church for quite a number of years, family. As some of the boys, a couple of the boys got older in their teens, upper teens, I think, probably, they got in trouble with the law. And at least one of them ended up in jail. And uh, they, um, they left the Mennonite church and joined a Protestant church. And part of that was over the way he felt the church related to these boys. And I think... I wouldn't totally agree with his uh, maybe analysis of that the church did it wrong, but uh, anyway, I mean, he shared with me the just the way the 
he he was a more gent he was more of a gentle sort he and his wife and just kind of the, some of the way we related to each other and talked to each other it kind of grated on him but anyway then he he said also that you know he would have used to have thought about people in jails you know just people you kind of don't get too close to but after his boy was in jail and out of jail and and he would still come home and you know he'd eat with the family and bring some of these jailbird friends along and he said you know I used to would have been afraid of those people but now I see they're just people like us Ken Rank said that uh, when he was at SMBI teaching here I guess maybe within the last year one of his students the parents are first-generation Mennonites. I think maybe, how was it? They wanted to join the Amish, that didn't quite work, so they joined the River Brethren. And then um, the one that was their daughter, I think it was their daughter, that was a student of his, she was part of Mid-Atlantic because, maybe because of location or something. But she said that her mother says, or said that Mennonites don't know how to relate to other Americans. And there again, I don't think there was any bitterness or anything there. It was just, just an observation. And then one more thing yet. Um, I think it would relate to this idea of Mennonite arrogance, arrogant Mennonites. And, you know, I'm not really, I'm not really trying to scold anybody this morning. Uh, maybe just trying to help us see a little bit, perhaps how other people perceive us at times. Because why, why would we come across that way? I was trying to think. Uh, I mean, you know, we do believe that we have some answers. Uh, we believe that we've got our theology figured out about quite about right. The Bible says, let every man be convinced in his own mind. But how to handle that? You know, it was, it was interesting to me. Um, here in Romans, you know, it said it in verse 25, it said, lest you should be wise in your own conceits. And, and it says, yeah, it says it in verse 16 in chapter 12, be not wise in your own conceits. Don't be conceited about the blessings you have, I guess is the way to say it. And uh, so anyway, just, just, to help us to be aware that God, uh, let God help us that when we relate to other people, we don't come across that way. I mentioned one more thing that I think is really unfortunate in these times. Um, a, a sister that works in a medical setting and among other medical professionals, and of course they wear their masks, they wear their face guards, wear all their protective equipment, and then she hears her fellow Mennonites talking about these 
all this hoax and this uh, hyped pandemic stuff and just making fun of the whole thing. And I don't, I think her coworkers are nice enough not to make this kind of statement, but I think maybe, I don't know if she made it or somebody else made it. Just leaves the impression that Mennonites are a bunch of ignorant people that still wash their clothes in the river. Uh, COVID is real. I'm not saying that it's not being used for political purposes, but it's real. And the medical community is still trying to figure it out. And uh, so, and so for our people to take these kind of arrogant attitudes towards it, yeah, that, that, that is arrogance. Well, let's look at just a couple more verses here, three more. Colossians 3, verse 12. Like I said, I never thought I'd preach a sermon like this. But anyway, all those things coming together just, just came to that point. Colossians 3, verse 12. And, and I, I'm sure I've been just as guilty as anybody else in the way I come across at times. So may it be a learning experience. Colossians 3, verse 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. I'll just read this next one. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not. Charity vaunteth not itself is not puffed up. And let's close with James 4, 6. But he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Let's kneel for prayer.